occasionally joke at my house that I am a human weather vane. If the barometer is changing, well, then my sinuses start to act up. I get a sinus headache or maybe my allergies kick in. There's always something, it seems like, that tells me what is going on with the weather. Well, it turns out I am not alone. Studies now show a kind of odd and unexpected connection between thunderstorms and having some respiratory issues like asthma. How do we even know about this? Well, our next guest can tell us, actually. Dr. Chris Worsham is a professor of pulmonary and critical care at Harvard University and co-author of Random Acts of Medicine, The Hidden Forces That Sway Doctors, Impact Patients, and Shape Our Health, and joins us now. Dr. Worsham, thank you for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Simi. Okay. How can thunderstorms affect our health? <laughs> well, this is a, a good question, and it's um, not a completely straightforward answer. There's two main ways that we've been seeing thunderstorms affecting people's health. Um, there's been a couple dramatic incidents around the world, uh, including one uh, in Canada uh, in 2000 in Calgary, um, where pollen counts have been high when a thunderstorm comes along. And if conditions are just right, the water and the wind can blow around little particles of pollen that are normally too big to make it deep down into the lungs. And when that happens, um, and people are nearby where all this pollen is, uh, the pollen can make it down into their lungs and give lots and lots of people heart attack, uh, excuse me, uh, asthma attacks all at once. Uh, and there was a big uh, outbreak, um, they called it of asthma uh, a couple years ago in Australia. The other way thunderstorms um, can affect breathing is probably closer to what you're describing. And this is much more routine when there's all these weather changes that we can all kind of sense when a thunderstorm is coming, right? The temperatures tend to increase, the air can get a little bit more humid. And those changes that lead up to a thunderstorm uh, are not uh, what our lungs love to breathe. And that can trigger asthma attacks. It can trigger uh, difficulty breathing for patients with COPD. Wow. Okay. Now the pollen aspect that you just talked about there, that's something that I definitely feel on certain windy days. It definitely triggers allergies. And so this is more common, it sounds like, than we realize. Well, you know, people who are allergic to pollen, uh, most of us, I'm one of them, most of us know about it. And normally pollen particles are actually too big to get too deep down into your lungs. And so they get trapped in our nose, which is a natural filter um, for us. But when the when we're allergic to pollen and it gets stuck in our nose, we get that sinus pressure buildup from fluid buildup. Uh, we get hay fever. We get itchy eyes. That's why I uh, don't always look forward to the spring every year. Um, <laughs> Me too. But but then, you know, if we have this perfect storm of events where those pieces of pollen can get broken up and get down deep into the lungs, that's when it can cause asthma. Fortunately, uh, those events are, are pretty uncommon. But when it has happened around the world, it can it's pretty dramatic. So when you studied this, was there a correlation between seeing these thunderstorms and people visiting perhaps emergency rooms for asthma attacks? Yeah, well, the reason we studied this was because we had read about this big outbreak of asthma in Australia back in 2016, where there were thousands and thousands of people calling ambulances for asthma and the healthcare system got overwhelmed. So what we did was we teamed up with a uh, researcher now at the University of Michigan, Eric Zhao. Um, and we uh, here in the US, we have um, 
publicly available data on literally every single lightning strike that happened. So we correlated all those lightning strikes with cases of asthma and COPD um, among older Americans. And what we found was that it was actually the days leading up to the storm when breathing problems were worse. Uh, And the storm itself and the days after it, um, on average, is when we actually get cleaner air usually. And so breathing problems are actually better right after the storm. Uh, So what that told us is that for the majority of cases, it's actually those those increases in temperature, those increases in um, air pollutants that rise in the days leading up to the storm that cause the most problem. Uh, these dramatic pollen episodes, um, while they happen, can be can be kind of scary, um, are not sort of the typical pattern. So is it because the air is is more stagnant leading to a storm? Yeah, exactly. In, in, in sort of um, urban areas, the, the particles that tend to build up in the air, you might see these numbers called PM 2.5, these little tiny particles that tend to be from things like vehicle exhaust or industrial emissions. And when the air is stagnant, those pollutants build up. Um, and, and that tends to be the pattern before a thunderstorm. And our lungs just don't like that very much. Um namely for people who are um, sensitive, people with asthma, people with smoking-related lung disease. Does it matter the time of year for the thunderstorm? For instance, a a spring thunderstorm might produce more pollen, right? Well, exactly. So when we're really concerned about the... um, pollen being a piece of this, there's obviously seasons where there's more or less pollen around and, and sort of that springtime is more concerning. But uh, here in Boston, at least, um, we got pummeled with storms all summer long, and we tend to have a lot of thunderstorms in the summer. So if you're just sort of playing the numbers, um, the, the more problematic storms might just be when there tend to be more thunderstorms, um, even though the pollen can cause problems for people who are sensitive and if the storm happens to hit at just the right time. Right. So what should people do then if you think, oh boy, I am sensitive to this, which I'm thinking as I'm listening to you, what do we need to do? Yes. So uh, there's a couple things and most people with asthma uh, sort of know about making sure to have their, we call it a rescue inhaler um, on hand, um, especially when you know that if you're sensitive to the weather, if there's an incoming storm, you want to have that available. Uh, the other thing is we have these um, people with more uh, severe cases of asthma tend to have, um, or COPD, have controller inhalers, so inhalers that they take every day. Uh, you really want to make sure that you're taking those, um, especially if you're getting into a season where you, you know you're going to be more sensitive or if you're going to be sensitive to storms. And then the last thing is, you know, public health departments are constantly monitoring the air quality. Um, the air quality in the days leading up to storms tends to be worse. So if you hear one of those advisories that suggests you stay inside um, or avoid strenuous activity because the air quality is poor, um, that often can happen in those days leading up to a storm. So you want to heed that advice. All right, we will. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. That's Dr. Chris Worsham, who's a professor of pulmonary and critical care at Harvard University, co-author of Random Acts of Medicine, The Hidden Forces That Sway Doctors, Impact Patients, and Shape Our Health. I would say this is one of those hidden forces. Maybe you've never thought much about thunderstorms before impacting your health, but if you have respiratory issues, maybe you notice that leading up to a thunderstorm, 
yeah, you were kind of coughing a little bit more or you felt that wheeziness in your chest, that heaviness in your chest. And they have been able to document that the conditions leading to a thunderstorm do impact people who have asthma and respiratory issues. It's fascinating stuff.